are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Here in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, I want you to notice with me, if you will, I'm going to read verse number 11 to start with, all right? 2 Chronicles 7, verse 11. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came unto Solomon's heart to make uh, in the house of the Lord and, uh, and, and in his own house he prosperously effected. Now the Lord appeared to him. Right here, notice this in verse 12. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. Now notice, if I shut up heaven, he says in verse 13, and there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, right here, listen, if my people, if all that happens, if old America turns her back upon God, our forefathers came to this country to have freedom of worship. Our, our, our nation was founded upon the Word of God. Dr. Harold Seitler made a very simple statement one day uh, talking to me. He said, Brother Bobby, the liberals have never began anything. They always creep in and take over. And I've thought about that. You, you, you take most, most of our state colleges that have, I'm, I mean, it's been going for years. If you go back and find out and uh, you, they believed the Bible when it started. That's right. And all these things come in. But now he says, my people, he's talking about saved people. He's talking about born again people. You know, people talk about Christians. Did you know a Christian is more than being saved? Did you know that? That's right. I was visiting hospitals one day and, and uh, visiting one of my members. And I was a man in the bed with me. I walked over to witness to him and I said, sir, I just like to ask you, are you a Christian? And he said, well, let me tell you the truth. I'm saved. I know I'm saved no more than heaven, but I'm not much of a Christian. I'm working on that. And that man knew what a Christian was. Yeah. But people today call themselves Christians. Don't matter what kind of religion. That's not what he's talking. He says, my people, born again people, saved people, uh, my friend. Now, now let's get on here. If my people, which are called by my name, shall... Humble, Boy, there's a whole lot in that in the humility business. Folks, you follow your Bible and you will find that God never meets with anyone until we humble ourselves. You know, old Manasseh, you remember, he was so mean, wicked. His father Hezekiah was a great man. And then Manasseh tore down the altars, did away with the worshiping God and his father said, and all of that. And for years he was so, but you read the last part of his life. And he humbled himself. And he recognized God, you see. And we know before there's ever any honor, there's always humility. And we know that pride always brings destruction. And we'll never confess our sins as long as we think we're something. But when we humble ourselves before God, that's so much there. Well, that's not the message. But look, if my people are called, my name shall humble themselves and pray 
We can't pray till we'll humble ourselves. Amen. And pray and then seek my face, God's face, and then turn from our from their wicked ways. Didn't notice what he said, I'll do. I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive their sin and I'll heal their land. I believe that's just as good for America today as it was back in the days when the Holy Spirit gave us these words right here. God will do that. He will do that. And we need, we need to recognize it. Folks, I'm old enough to remember when our nation was called a Christian nation. That's right. My daddy was an old-fashioned Southern Baptist preacher. And I was raised in church. I remember when it used to respect the Lord's Day. My dad, and don't call him a legalist, he was just a Christian now. Today, if you have any standards, you're a legalist, you know. Now listen, but my old dad, unless it was necessary, now sometime he had to, but unless it's necessary, uh, we didn't go buy groceries on Sunday. He he bought his gas on Saturday. I remember that. Uh, There was no such a thing as ball games on Sunday. Us little boys used to uh, play this, this group over here and play that. We didn't play on Sunday. That's God's day. That's God's day, you see. And, and, uh, and I, remember, I remember before I got saved, my dad passed away. And, and it was a few years before I got saved. And I remember going to try to go to a movie. When I'm talking about downtown. I guess the worst thing on them was a Long Ranger back then. And, 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 and I remember trying to go to a movie house and it wasn't, wasn't open on Sunday. I remember those days and people respected God's day and they went to church, my friend. That's what I'm talking about. I went to church and we're getting away from that. And that's what I'm trying to say is, is, is our nation and you know it, no mean me spending so much time, but our nation has drifted and drifted and drifted and, uh, and, 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 and you can't tell. Uh, Dr. Lakin said one day he, to me, he said, you know, uh, he said the world has got so, churchy and the church has got so worldly you can't tell them apart. That's about the truth in it. It really is. Folks we ought to come out from among be separate saith the Lord. If any man be in Christ he's a new creature. All things are passed away and behold all things become new. So he's talking about his people here and, uh, and, and we need to realize that my friend and come back to that. Now I, I put down some things I believe we need especially. Number one is this we must have faith in God's word faith in God's Word. You know, when I got saved, I, uh, I, I, if you'd have said, to you, now which translation, I wouldn't know what you're talking about. This is just the Bible. And honestly, today you got to figure out which one's right. Which one. oh, You don't need that. Listen, I've been preaching this book for 62 years, and it works. And when something works, don't try to mess with it. Leave it alone, my friend. I've seen God use this book to bring conviction. God spoke to my heart. God's fed me through this old book. My friend, he has convicted me and led me to my knees. And, and I've called out to him forgiveness. This is the book we need. And we need faith in God's word. Faith in God's word. I tell, told them years ago, our, our Christian school is 40, 40 years and it's starting its 41st year. And, and some of these folks you get in to teach, you know, we got some teachers been with us for, for years, and I thank God. But some, I always, at the beginning, I say, now listen, I want you to know, don't you come in our place and say, well, we have to use the King James here. But however, then I said, don't you start that. I said, I don't, I'm not a mean man, but we'll fire you right quick. 
I said, why? One reason is this. If the devil can put in the mind of our young people what is the Word of God, then it's not going to be. And if you can't believe the Word of God, you don't have no foundation, my friend. That's what I'm trying to say. And, and we, need, we need to have faith in the Word of God. Back in 1966, Oliver B. Green preached revival for me. Now, a few of you folks, maybe you, you folks out here know who Oliver Green is. Yeah, I guess he's still on his voice on the radio. He's, he, he was just 200 miles from me. His home was in Greenville, South Carolina. Oh, the reason I can remember is 1966. He came and preached Monday through Wednesday. And uh, he drove a ni- the prettiest 1966 New River Air Buick. He pulled up my driveway that afternoon, and I said, Brother Green, that's the prettiest car. Thank you, Brother Bobby. That's the way he talked. He said, Thank you, Brother Bobby. He said, I'll let a Buick dealer to, a, a Buick dealer to the Lord, and he gave it to me. I said, Well, praise the Lord. And then he laughed, and which that happened. And he said, I'll just drive it till I went with me a Cadillac dealer. <laughs> That's not what I want to tell you. Brother Green, Brother Green, I don't remember what he preached on Monday night, but he announced Monday night, Lord willing, tomorrow night, I'm going to preach on what God has magnified above his own name. Boy, that stunned me. You know, a pastor's supposed to know everything. And, and I was, I don't know how old it was, 1966, a few years ago. And and I thought, now, Lord, what could be above God's name? What could be above God's name? I hope nobody asks me before tomorrow night, because I don't know what to tell them. I've never heard of anything. I thought God's name was above all. But he preached it on Tuesday night. And if some of you don't know where it's at, don't take time to turn. But in Psalm 138 and verse number 2, he said, I have magnified my word above my own name magnified my word above my own name. Now you think of that. Yesterday I was reading, I was going to read all these, but it take me too much time. And most of you know these scriptures anyway. But you remember when Moses went up on Mount Sinai out of God gave him the commandments. And, uh, and you know how the people grumbled and old Aaron was a compromiser when they said, we don't know where this man Moses is. Uh, well, get, make us gods. And so he got the, the, the earrings and all that and put them together. If you remember, and he came down uh, from there. And, and, and if you remember, they were dancing the old cat and all that stuff. And if you read it back there in the fir- 31st chapter, I believe it is of Exodus. Let me read it to you right quick. I, I, don't, I, I just got such a blessing out of it. And if you, if you want to turn back there, but you listen. In verse 7, after he come off of that mountain, it's in the 32nd chapter. Now you listen to it, all right? In verse 7. Verse 7. And the Lord said, now the Lord said this to Moses. Go get thee down for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt. They've corrupted themselves. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf, have worshipped it, and have sacrificed thereto, thereunto, and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it's a stiff-necked people. 
Now listen to what God said. Now therefore he said, let me alone, that my wrath may hot, uh, may get hot against them. Notice that I may consume them and I'll make of thee a great nation. You know what God done? God said, get out of the way, most I'm going to kill this crowd. And you start over. But it's right here. This is down listen. And Moses in verse 11. And Moses besought the Lord his God. And said, Lord, why doest thou wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt with great power and mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains, and consume them from the face of the earth, turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of this evil against thy people. Now Moses is talking to God. Now wait a minute, right here is what I want you to see. He said, remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and saidst unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven. And all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever. Now this is what I want you to see, and you've seen it, but I got such a blessing reading it again. God says, Moses, I'm going to kill them. Get out of the way. Moses said, God, if you do, you're not sticking to your word. Do you see what I see? He said, don't you remember what you promised Abraham and, and Isaac and, and Jacob? You, you told them. And, and then, Lord, if you do, the, these Egyptians are going to say, well, you just brought them out here to kill them. And notice, this is amazing to me, in verse 14, and the Lord repented of the evil which he had thought to do unto his people. Now, now God didn't forget. But folks, now don't try to tell me anything else. You know what he's doing? God says, and he knew. That's right, Moses. My word is above my own name. My word. I cannot go back on my word. You're right, Moses. You're right. Moses, I promised Abraham and Isaac, and I'll stick to my promises. And I'm sorry that I've done that very thing. Folks, we say we believe the word, but do we believe the word? When God says something, Dr. Lee Robertson died at 97 years old. When he was about 95, and most of you know about Tennessee Temple back in those days. I know my son was there from 1968 to 72. I think they had 5,000 students, four, four to 5,000. But that's not, I mean, I mean that place where it had everything. Yes, it did. They had 70 some, uh, 70 some little missions out in those mountains up there. Yeah. And uh, some of you heard of Jack Hudson. Yeah. He was there in the in late 50s and he pastored one of them. And Steve passed the one he did. I used to go up there. Seventy-some missions Lee Robertson got started. And all the great work. Now, wait a minute. This is what I'm saying. Clarence Sexton worked for him for a few years. Clarence said I was riding with him. He was about 95 or 96, getting feeble. And he said, Dr. Robertson, is there anything, if you had to do over, is there anything you'd change about your ministry? And he said, just like it, oh, yes, I'd have more faith in God. Yes, he did. Yes. Uh, 
Brother Jack, ever since Clarence told me that a year or two ago, I pray for that every day. I've prayed for faith, but I need more faith. And I thought, Lord, after you gave that man faith to do that, I need faith. And the Bible said, have faith in God, you see. And folks, listen, when faith comes, worry leaves. Let's face it. We worry and we get aggravated, but when we take God at God's word, it's all right. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. You remember over there in first, I mean, over there in John chapter four, when the nobleman, Jesus was in Canaan, I believe of Galilee, and his son was very sick. He was in uh, maybe Capernaum, about 15 miles apart. And he went over there to ask Jesus to heal his boy. And Jesus said, you won't believe except you see some miracle or, or, or so on and so forth. And, and uh, he said, come ere my child die. And Jesus said, your child lives. He didn't go home to see where so or not. I don't worry when. I believe it was, uh, who told me, Dr. Dehon, I may, I, somebody I heard preach, he said maybe he had a little business to take care of over there. Somebody could have met him on the street and said, hey, Mr. Noble, what are you doing? Well, my boy was at the point of death and I came over to get Jesus to heal him. And, uh, and, and, and so now I just got a little business to do over here for him to go by. Well, I mean, you know it so, yeah. Have you seen your boy? No. Well, why? Because well, Jesus said so. Amen. Jesus is a word. Amen. But this is the thing that got me. If you read that scripture, when he went home, his servants met him and said, your son's better. And he said, when did he get back? He said, yesterday. I don't worry he went that night, but didn't go home. He didn't go home. I don't think he laid and tumbled and tall and wondered if it was so either. Brother, you and I need more faith in God's promises. In God's promises. That's what I'm trying to say. And we need, we need faith in God's promises. Uh, I, I just, another scripture right quick here. You, you know, over there in the book of Nehemiah, we won't turn to that one, but we know the story uh, that uh, the children of Israel was in captivity and uh, down there in Babylon and, and Hannah and I came down to see Nehemiah and uh, he said, how's things back up home? And he told him, the mess is in. He said the temple's been destroyed. Uh, the walls have been broken. And, uh, and, uh, and the city's been burnt. And, and old Nehemiah got a burden as he thought about that. And uh, he fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And if you read this in that first chapter of Nehemiah. And he said, Lord, you told us that if we didn't listen to you, you was going to do this. And you've done it. But, Lord, you said... If we would come back and admit that we've sinned, that you'd forgive us. And he said, both I and my people have sinned. And God used to build the walls back. You know what he's saying? He said, God, your word's true. You said, but also you said you would heal our land if we'd come back. And God, you can't lie, so to speak. That's what I'm saying. Oh, Dr. Ernest Hancock, he's been in heaven about 45, 50 years. He used to teach for me uh, a whole week. One of the best Bible teachers. He's, he's, he lived in North Carolina that I've ever seen. He'd come on Monday through Friday and take a book in the Bible and teach it. And he told me this story. 
And he had some great stories of believing God. He, he, would, he would take group out up in the mountains of North Carolina. He's telling me one day, he said, Brother Bobby, is about 50 of us and rode on a, on, a, on a bus. And he said, was having a Bible study. And he said, oh, it was so sweet and so rich. And there's a cloud coming up. And he said, uh, it looked like it's fixing to rain. And he said, let's just pray and God let us finish it. And he wasn't no fool. Now, I'm just telling you what. But he told me, he said, we had prayer. We begged God. And he said, did you know it rained right out yonder? And he said that we got through. And when we got on our bus, the rain come on by. You say, I don't believe that. I do. But that's what it's hard to tell He told me this here. He said, he said, Brother Bobby, my God can't lie. And he said this. He said, I was sitting in my study one day working on me a message. And, but I told my little boy, I told my boy had, had bad grades in school. And I said, son, the next report card, if you'll make straight A's, daddy will buy you a brand new bicycle. He said, daddy, that's a deal. Dr. Hancock said, I forget three months or whatever, how long it got the report cards in, been quite a while. He said, I was sitting in my study, getting me a message. And my little boy come in from school and just opened the door open and said, Daddy, look at that. Sweetie, his report card across. He said, I forgot what I told him. And he said he had straight A's. And I said, son, now that looks good. And don't come in here interrupting your daddy like this. Now here, that's, daddy's proud of you. And you take your old report card now and go on out and go outside and play. And he said, I looked back down my Bible and my little boy didn't move. Did you hear me, son? He said, daddy, you told me if I made straight A's, you'd get me a bicycle. And my daddy can't lie. Well, Dr. Hancock said, I shut my Bible up and went out and got in the car and went to town and bought a new bicycle. And he brought that out as an illustration about the book. My daddy can't lie. My daddy can't lie. Old brother Grace Baz Hooser, old brother Baz Hooser was a member of our church, good old thing. He told me this story one day. I think I told you last year, but all of you weren't here. Bless my soul. It's really happened, really happened. This old preacher preached for years and he got feeble-minded. And he wasn't able to preach. He sat around depressed. One day his wife asked him, said, Honey, what's wrong? What's wrong with you? And he said, Well, I'm ashamed to tell you. But he said, I, Be honest, I'm doubting my salvation. You know, the devil will always work on you at your weakest point. Brother Baz Hooser said this happens, an old preacher friend of his. He said his wife got his Bible down and sat down with him. She got to John 5, 24. Verily, verily, I send you, he that heareth my word, believeth on him, sent me, hath everlasting life, and shall not come into condemnation. And said, we went through that. He did, his wife did, and he said, I'm saved. I'm saved, honey, I'm saved. And went on, and he seemed happy for a while. Several weeks passed. Baz Hooser said his wife said she was washing dishes one day, and she missed him. And said she turned, and the, the bedroom door was shut. And, and she opened the door, and the old feeble-minded preacher was sitting on the side of the bed with his Bible open. 
and was holding it up under the bed. And his wife thought he's lost it for sure now. And she said, honey, what, what are you doing? And he said, well, I've been having more doubts about my salvation. And I figured under the bed was the darkest place and that's where the devil would be. And I want him to read John 5, 24. <laughs> I want him to know that I'm saved. Because God says so. My friend, there'll be troubles and trials and heartaches will come in your life. And you'll doubt a lot of things. But bless God, let me tell you, my father's never lied yet. And he never will, brother. That's what I'm trying to say. We need faith in the word of God. And then I want to say quick, I got to hurry here. I'm enjoying myself. I'm talking about to get America back to God. To take his promises. That's what I'm talking about. And let me say this. We need faith not only in his word. We need faith in the power of prayer. Oh, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. He that cometh to God must believe he is. And he's rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We must spend some time in prayer. I wrote down here about old Elijah. I like to study about Elijah. You know the story when Ahab, there in 1 Kings 17 18, when Ahab was king, wicked, and hadn't reigned for three and a half years. People didn't know who God was, just by like America today. And Obadiah, he was a compromiser. He was working for the king. And when he met Ahab, he wanted to brag a little bit. He said, you know, as when Jezebel killed the prophets, I, I hid 50 there and 50 there and fed them. What are you doing fooling around? Why don't you get away from that crowd anyway? But he didn't say that. But wait a minute. He said, Elijah said, I'd like to meet Ahab. Oh, he said, listen, if I get King Ahab here and then you, the Spirit of God will lead you away and you'll be gone. And he said, no, no, I'll be here. I won't see Ahab. I mean, I want to see, yeah, the old King Ahab. And if you remember, he went to get him. But in the meantime... King Ahab had sent Obadiah one way to try to find some grass. And he was going another way. All right. So he met Elijah. And old Ahab said, you're the one that's causing our trouble. He said, no, I'm not. He said, because you've turned away from God. And now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He said to the people, how long halt ye between two opinions? If God be God, serve him. If Baal be God, be uh, God, serve him. And they couldn't even answer him. Folks, we're about like that in America today. We're about like that in America today. But now wait a minute. Ahab, he was not a compromiser. He had convictions. But he had compassion. He said, well, you go ahead and call on your gods, and I'll call on my God. And you remember old Baal? We won't go into all that. Most of you read that story. And he got through. And then he had his sacrifice all fixed up. And he prayed. And he said, Lord, let these people know that thou art God. Folks, that's what me and you need in America today. I can't convince them, but God can. And he will answer. And we need faith in his in his in prayer that's what I'm trying to say and, and wait a minute when he prayed and that fire fell you know what them people said 
the Lord, he's God. The crowd who wouldn't speak a word about who God was. When he said, if God be God or if Baal be serving, it's quiet. But they wouldn't quiet any longer. How you know? Because I've seen something in this man's life. Let me tell you, the world's not reading, reading the Bible. They're reading my life and your life. And I'm just saying, preachers, it's high time and we make it count for God. That's what I'm trying to say. And he prayed. And then you remember how he prayed the rain down. I heard one preacher talking about uh, that Obadiah was out hunting a bale of hay, but Elijah was praying rain down. Which would you rather have, a bale of hay in a town family or rain? We need some rain, folks. But if you remember that story, nobody doubted who God was when that time came. And we need God's power in so in America that people will have to take knowledge that it's God. That he is control of this thing. You see, that's what I mean. And so we need not only faith in his word, but we need faith in his, in, in the power of prayer. Think about Hezekiah. Man, look at, think, as you go on on, these men in the Bible. I mean, they're, they're examples for me and you. I mean, when Hezekiah, uh, they, the, the enemy was going to get him. And he was afraid. And he said, look, we've whipped all these other nations. And he took that letter and spread it out before God. And he said, God, this they have whooped them and they'll whoop us. Don't think we're so strong. I wish we could get some leaders one time. All this political mess. I don't hear one of them giving God any glory. Brother, it's what I've done or what I'm going to do. And all of that and on, 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 on like that. If we could get up in the morning. And look in, look in your paper and headlines and see our president and, the, and, and congressman and the whole crowd. I'm not saying everybody up there is lost. I don't know. But I'm just saying, and they'd say, folks, we're in bad shape in America. We've sinned and went away from God. And we're calling, just like the old king did there about Nineveh. He'd come back. And we're calling America back to God on your knees. We're going to be destroyed if you don't. Brother, you read something like that in the paper in the morning. And you talking about something happening in America. God will turn his place around my friend we can still have revival that's what I'm trying to say and old Hezekiah he, he was honest and he said they'll whoop us and he prayed and went to bed and the next morning the angel of God came that night and killed 185,000 of them laying all around their dead Think about Jehoshaphat. Oh, Jehoshaphat, the Moabites and Ammonites and all that crowd gathering against him. And he said, God, I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. And God said, now, wait a minute, son. I don't, you don't have to fight this battle. I'll fight it for you. Just stand still. I love to read that story. And he stood still. And he said, now, come on down here where they're at. But you don't have to fight. Just, just stand still. And you read the story. If you haven't read it there in the Bible. And, and he said, and so he, he just led them in prayer, and they began to give praise unto God. And, and, and the Lord discomfited that crowd, and they fought against themselves and killed themselves. And in three days of picking up all the goodies off, off them dead corpses, and God done it all. See, God, I, I was over in Jerusalem, I think it was my first time there, 1968, I believe it was, right after that six-day war they talked about. And, and we was going, you know, on our tours out of Jerusalem and all down in the road. And, and there was tanks blowed out. Here's one just sitting on the side of the road, blowed out, blowed out, blowed out. 
And our God said, you folks read about the six-day war? He said, it really lasted about six hours. He said, uh, the enemy was coming up after after. The, the Jews, after the Israelites, is coming up after them in, the, in those uh, tanks and said, the Israel's planes come over. Now listen, this man told us, and I believe you know, and some of you know, and said they thought that that was their planes. They thought that was theirs. They were Arabs, and they were waving at them. <laughs> and they did boop. And, and I'm not kidding. All down them highways was a, a, a tank blowed out. A tank. He said it didn't take over six hours. Don't you think God had a hand in that? They're waving at, at the ones going to kill them. And they thought it was their people. And it played. Yeah, that's what he took. And boom, boom, boom. Boy, how we need God to come on the scene and do some things. That's what I'm trying to say. Amen. All right. I'm almost done. But I want to say number one. I always said number one, number three or four or whatever. We got to realize their need, the condition. The con- Folks, we're in bad shape. I mean, we're, we, we know, I know me going into that, but you know, listen, the Winston-Salem commissioners tried to meet about eight or ten months ago, and they always asked some pastor to come and have a little prayer with them. And it came out in Winston-Salem papers that one of the commissioners uh, that got on there some way didn't like the name Jesus, so now they're asking the pastor that they called to come to pray but not mention Jesus' name. And have been fighting over that. You're not going to pray without in Jesus' name. That's the only prayer. But, but that's sad. I never thought I'd have lived in a country when they didn't want the name of Jesus Christ even mentioned. And, and Brother Gibbs knows more about it than I do. It's all over everywhere like that, my friend. And let me tell you, God just, just comforted that crowd up there. And boom, he can change all of that just like him. He can do it. And we, but we need to realize we are in that condition. I think all of you do. And then I want to say here, we've got to have our, uh, our, con- our convictions, my friend. We need some convictions. Now, I hope you, we got some good churches out in our area. In, in, in six miles around me, there's 23 Baptist churches. And we got, we got a bunch more. And we got some good churches, some good churches. But we've got some that compromise. And I think I'm preaching all over the world tonight. My daughter said, Daddy, I'm going to see you. So I don't know. You don't, you don't say anything secret today. I mean, this own book, off book, and all this other kind of stuff. And Facebook, and gossip book, and every other kind of book. You can't say nothing about somebody knowing it. <laughs> But we've got churches in our area, my friend, that, that don't stand anymore. Don't stand. It breaks my heart. And you'll have people. I'm just saying we've got to have some convictions, preachers. Listen, don't you get your eyes too much on the large things. Do you be careful. Now, I've had people. I've had people, oh, they love Brother Bobby. Yeah, but uh, why don't you change? Some said to me a while back, how come you don't change? Others are changing. Well, not all of them. I said, change what? Yeah, what do you, you want me to change? Put, put, put rock music in there? No, we don't need that. You don't, you don't take the world uh, in your hands to win the world to Jesus. The, while the world hates Jesus Christ. Yeah. And you may get a little crowd, but the flesh profit of nothing. 
So what I'm trying to say, we need convictions to stand on the Word of God, believe in the power of the Holy Spirit, and still believe, as old Tony will preach tomorrow night, on old-time religion, and it's something that's real. That's what I'm talking about. And we got to have some people to believe that, my friend. I want to have some convictions. Back to Oliver Green. Let me tell you what. 1960, he got up on, he got up on a Sunday, uh, on uh, Monday night to preach. And he was on 125 radio stations daily in those days. And he said, well, I answered mail. He said, it took him about four hours, three or four hours to drive to our place. He said, I answered mail this morning till it's come time to come up here. And he said, just trying to get all of it I could answer. And he said, I can't get it all. But I opened a letter from a radio station in California. What part? I have no idea. I'm talking about back in 1966. And he said, they said, Brother Green, you just a little too harsh on some things. And said, we don't want to have to put you off our station. But said, would you do some considering and thinking and let us know? And this is what he said. I didn't spend no time waiting on that and I answered it before I left home. He said, I told them before I'd compromise the truth, they could put that, that station in the ocean out there in California. <laughs> That's what he said. Yeah, that's what he said. That's what he said. Lester Roloff come to our place three or four times a year. Lester Roloff was so excited one time he came. He said, Brother Bobby, there's two men from, from Texas, two, uh, two real wealthy men. And they said, Brother Roloff, and I think it's three months from now, three or four months, we're going to give you a half a million dollars apiece for your work in Corpus. He was excited. I mean excited. He told me, he told me sitting there in the office, he told me what all he's going to do. He could do it with this and do it with that. And John Morgan owed $110,000 in New York City. And he said, I'm going to send him a check up there and pay that off. And just all. But wait a minute. He come back about six months later. I said, how you doing, preacher? Got let down the worst ever got down in my life a while back, brother Bobby. And listen. That man spent some nights in jail because he wouldn't accept a, a license, state license to run his homes. Right. He told me one time, he said, Brother Bobby, the devil told me he was going to get in my mind completely one night. said, they put me in a cell where there was two or three fellows playing hard rock music all night. And I thought I was going crazy. Yeah. He, he told me that. So, Brother Gibbs, I thought that's what he was referring to when he said I got let down the worst. In my life, I was thinking about something like that. And I said, what happened? He said, you remember when I was here a few months ago, and I told you about them two uh, businessmen going to give me a half million dollars pay for the work. And he, I said, yes, sir. And he said, they both come to me and said, Brother Olaf, you're a little too harsh on some things. I didn't ask him what it was. And said, if you don't let up, we, we, we just can't give you this money. This is exactly what that little fellow said. I had to tell him I wasn't for sale. I wasn't for sale. We need some people that's not for sale today. Folks, we don't have to be mean. We need them. You think about Daniel. Here he is down there in Babylon. And, and old Nebuchadnezzar told that eunuch, said, you have to eat my meat, drink my wine, so I'm going to be strong. But what did he say? He purposed. He will not defile himself with the king's meat or the wine. But now wait a minute. He could have had this, bless God, I'll show you. He didn't have that. He said, I just can't do it. But he found favor. 
You know, we need conviction, but we need some compassion, not compromise, but compassion with it. And you read that story if you're not real familiar there in Daniel chapter 1. And, and he found favor with the prince of the eunuchs. And, and, and then, if you remember, he said, well, now let me tell you, I know he wants us to be strong. And said, I'll tell you what, let's do. He said, he said now what, what we'll do, he said, you let me feed them our food for 10 days and then you look them over. And that eunuch said, but he'll kill me if yours. He said, just let me. He said, all right. And he brought him out there and his health are looking in the crowd of his. He won the heart of that eunuch. You see what I'm trying to say? He did not compromise. Folks, I'm telling you, if we're not careful in our convictions, we'll have a little bit of flesh in there and want to say, bless God, look at me, I'm something. No, no. It's, it's nothing wrong with being, with being compassionate. And listen, there's a verse in the Bible that said that if we'll do good, the Lord will even make our enemies at peace with us, you see. And so we need, and Daniel, and, and look how God used Daniel. When old Belshazzar come in, and when he had his problems in there, you know what his wife said? There's a man that your father called, his name is Daniel. And they won. And then when he put him in that den of lions, that old king couldn't sleep that night. There's something about that man that seen it was real. And we need convictions, but we need we need compassion. I guess that's the word. And not compromise, but compassion with it. We don't have to be mean. No, we don't have to be mean. We, 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 I'm just saying, uh, we, we got to have those convictions uh, in the Word of God and the right things, you see. We, we've got to do that, my friend, and we must do it. And then let me say this, and I'll quit. We need a consistency in this. Sometimes we get a conviction and don't last very long. We need to be consistent. 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 There's fellas, I, I'm, I'm not critical, and I wouldn't dare tell you one of them's name. But Brother Trevor, there's not all of them, thank God. But there's fellas that start off, and I'm not as good as they are, so I'm not tooting my horn. In my area, it started off, and they stood, but now they've compromised. They've got all kind of translations in their in there. And, 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 you know, I, I don't get up and, man, let me tell you, if you got a bus ministry, you'll, you'll have people come in and all kinds of gobs. You know, we had 1,400 some Sunday on our buses. And, and, and we, we got some, they don't even look like humans. But what I'm trying to say is, and I don't, I don't get up and just rap on somebody. But, but I've got people that, that uh, they say I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm an old fanatical fella. And all that. Who's used to, they didn't say that, you know. One of my men was talking about a local college, Bible college, or a local college. And, and he said, Brother Bobby, I, I, I went for two or three weeks and, and I seen it didn't stand like it used to. And, and it begged me to keep on. And, and he said, I told him I couldn't. I, and, and said, one of the professors said, where do you go to church anyway? And this college is not a long ways from my house. And I've known, I remember it started back in the late 40s. And he said, I go to Gospel Light Baptist Church. He said, you've been around that narrow-minded Bobby Robinson too much. 
Now, that hurts me. People of lack faith that have that ideas. That hurts me. I mean, I'm just saying, don't you young preachers tonight. I can't say, listen, you, you find out what the Bible says. Old Dr. Bottle Stopper may not like it. I'm not against education, but some of it I am, honest to God. Uh, you, you go to college and, you, and some, some old professor don't believe anything much. And, and he, well, you come back and, and, and your church is a fanatical place now, you know. One lady left our church five or six years ago and said, I feel so liberated. If I wore my pants to gospel light, Brother Bobby wouldn't like it. But now the preacher says, independent Baptist, but now the preacher says, come on as you are, and I can go at ease now. We don't need that stuff, folks. We don't have to be mean, but we don't need to compromise. Now, let me say this thing about being consistent. You think about Paul in Acts chapter 20. If you remember, Paul talked about how for the space of three years, he's then ceased to warn the people night and day with tears and, and, and many temptations and sorrows and all of that. And now I'm going up to Jerusalem. I don't know what's facing me up there. Save the Holy Ghost says there's bonds and afflictions there too. There's trouble. But I love this. None of these things move me. Neither count our life near unto myself that I might finish my course with joy. Then when he come down to the end in 2 Timothy chapter 4, uh, he said, preach a word. Bless God. Preach a word. Don't you? Listen, teaching has its place, but we need some old-fashioned hellfire preaching. Don't you let your Sunday night service get into a little hour of teaching and let them go home. Bless God, you have that choir for on Sunday night, and you right back, and you preach, and you preach. You know you're teaching. We need it. It's in the Bible. But listen, John the Baptist didn't come, my friend, playing a guitar. Bless God. He came preaching in the wilderness. And we need some old-fashioned preaching. I don't mean you have to holler and hoot, but if it takes it, do it, my friend. And stand for the truth. And if you have to preach the empty pews, God will move in there. And God will move up somebody's heart, brother. And uh, you'll get some people saved and get born again. Uh, and they'll be in there with you and go, just preach on and keep on preaching. You wouldn't know my friend old Hinkle Little, old-fashioned preacher. He went to heaven five or six years ago. He wrote a song. Uh, I want to die on a battlefield for my Lord. And I hadn't heard of it a few times till read. He sung, and, and he was at the Baptist Hospital, had a heart attack. And I went over to see old Hinkle. He had sang and preached, sang and preached, kind of like a roll off. And he was laying there, and he let me in to see him. And I said, Hinkle, how you doing? He said, he all called everybody Doc. He said, Doc, you want me to sing? I'm on the battlefield. And I said, you be quiet. They just let me sleep. You're weak. He said, I'm on the battlefield, my Lord. I want to die. And he died five days later and went to heaven. I tell you, you be consistent. Have convictions. Believe in the word of God. Stand on old fashioned, old time religion. And brother, trust God to bring this nation back. And we can have revival all over the country, brother. And when God turns it. And you look at the Old Testament. These cases where he turned around and come. He's still God. And he's still got the plan. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, 
visit our website, preachthebible.org. If you enjoy Christian music and programming, visit knbbc.com for Christian music you can trust.